2: Well, I'm joined now by two absolute giants of Irish basketball, Timmy McCarthy and Tom Wilkinson, to discuss a golden era for Cork basketball, two former Irish international basketball captains. And guys, I suppose um, your careers were so colourful, so successful on and off the course, really, that it's difficult to know where to start with this one. Uh, So let's go back to the very start, shall we? Uh, Timmy, um, first of all, you might tell us how and, and when you took up the sport of basketball.
3: So I went to Blowney Street Primary School uh, Trevor and Shawnee Murphy used to do some coaching and the club associated with it was Iona Basketball Club. So really, Shawnee Murphy was the first person uh, ever to put a basketball into my hand. And for me, I think what was really, you know, a a major boost for me was 10 years later or 11 years later um, when I made my senior debut in the National League Team. Shawnee was on the team. So it was a full cycle of that. But Blarney Street School and then my first club was Iona Basketball Club and I played with them for a number of years and then I went to GH74, a club in the parochial hall in Cork for two years and then I joined Demons about 16 and a half years of age.
2: Yeah, I know uh, Tom as well, That uh, sorry I know Timmy went to Northman as well and you also went to Nortman Tom, um, a, a school that's uh, of course produced uh, some great sports stars in, in all um, different sports codes down the years. Is that where you took up the sport yourself Tom?
4: That's correct, Trevor. Uh, I, I started playing basketball, I suppose, when I went into first year in secondary in the North Month. Uh, up to then, I was probably would have been involved playing uh, the GAA uh, football hurling. And uh, I, there was a trial for bas- for a basketball team when I went into first year, and, that, and that's kind of when I really started. But going back to what Kimmy said there, I actually grew up around Boyce Street, Blarney Street. And I can remember as maybe a seven or eight-year-old going down and uh, standing on the wall there. They had a railing on the wall there on the other side of the school, looking in at the boys playing basketball in, uh, in the schoolyard there in, in Bland Street National School. So I, I, you know, I, I kind of loved, loved watching the boys, and I suppose I got a love for the game from Ben and uh, uh, I was about 7 or 8, but I didn't start playing, I suppose, service at least until I was about 12 when I went to the first year in, in the
2: North, man. Mm, good stuff. Uh, Tim, we know that basketball was played in a number of schools in the South Side, but predominantly, I suppose, it's fair to say that uh, basketball is a real dominated North Side sport, especially at club level.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's, an, it's unusual because, as you say, it's been played by schools in the South Side, and it has been for many years, but... It never really went beyond that. Four the matches were a club at one time in, in the south side, and yeah. Kyle has. They were ball hand, and they were probably the most successful club teams. But as regards overall success, it was it was centered in the north side. I mean, basically you could go from Cathedral Road, I suppose, down to the North Cathedral, and and basically back up Sun Valley Drive, and that really was your basketball sort of area up in the church, in Churchfield. Um, And back across Baker's Road, and what was unusual, maybe down Mountney, but then back down Blantyre Street. But what was unusual, Trevor, was the amount of international players uh, and the success that clubs like Demons and Neptune had um, from such a small catchment area was incredible. And Mm. I know one stage we, you know, Blue Demons were going to build a stadium. Actually, we were going to do it before Neptune built their stadium, which was a huge landmark when they built in eighty-five, when they opened in eighty-five. But we were going to build a stadium in the south side. On the Link Road, and there was planning permission and big plans led by Sean O'Sullivan in particular, and it just never came to fruition. And one of the objectives of that build was going to be to develop the game more in the south side. But I suppose for Tom myself, as, as Norries, we were very happy that you know basketball was a, a north side sport, and we were fortunate enough to enjoy so much success in the north side with the sport.
2: Mm, Indeed. And uh, as Tim mentioned there, Tom, uh, Neptune uh, was built in 1985, the year of the Cork 800. Um, Obviously, there was huge excitement for Cork basketball when that was built. Um, Neptune, as we know, the oldest, the most successful club in Ireland and the only basketball club in Ireland with its own stadium. So that obviously generated huge excitement, uh, Tom.
4: Oh, very much so. Actually, we were the only uh, club in Europe that owned its own stadium. At that time, and uh, the Natrum Open on New Year's Day in 1985, and I think we played St Vincent's Dublin. I, I, I believe it was a quarter final of the cup, and then the the cup finals then were held uh, that year in the in later, later that month in January in 85. And uh, when when you had a great rivalry, we say between the Blue Team and the Blue Demons, and ourselves actually met in the first cup final that was played in Neptune State in 1985. Trevor, what's and, uh, interesting in
3: that point uh, is that for Tom, that's a great memory, that 85 Cup final. Hmm. And for all of us from Blue Demons, it's a horrific memory because we led all the game. We practically led the entire game and there was a mix-up uh, with a score. Sully uh, shot a three and missed it with about two and a half minutes to go. And um, Ray Smith got the rebound and scored for a two-pointer. But they put down a three-pointer and we had a lot of one-on-ones, particularly Dale Roberts, uh, missed a lot of one-on-ones to change the score. But with 28 seconds to go... The score in reality would have had us the point up if say had correctly put in the score, but it was tied, and we went for a shot because we had to because we well we believed the game was tied and Strickland stole it and it made great television and um, it made great obviously uh, joy for Neptune and it broke our hearts and you know mm. uh, 35 years on we're still not bitter about that as you can get you know, but, <laughs> but it, de- it well, definitely is a memory that you know that that stands out because. It was a bit like the USA Russia game in '72 uh, in, in the Munich Games. It has it has you know basically stayed the length of time with people in Cork about just the controversy because what happened in Trevor to finish the story, the minute Strickland scored to put them 93-91 up, they then realised oh we made a mistake and they adjusted the score to 92-91. So we still look back at that with very sad memories and
4: obviously Tom <laughs> is looking back with great memories. Yeah, and we, we, have, we, yeah, we sorry have, Tom. Tom. We'd have still won by a point, Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of, but, Tom, but Tom, you would
3: You see, we wouldn't have taken the shot. We would have been the point up and held the ball and you would have had to foul us and maybe foul, foul somebody other than Dale Roberts who would have made a 1-1. But anyway, yeah. look, it's history. Well, it was a great well, moment for Neptune. Yeah. and What it did actually do, Trevor, it, it, was, it just really brought basketball to another level because of the stadium and the fact you now that... Because up to then, we were the dominant team, you know, for many years. And then Neptune became, obviously, you know, exceptionally mm. successful. So the rivalry got even better yeah. because of that controversial well, moment
4: in sport. Well, the, Terry stole the ball actually from a pass because uh, yeah, yeah, there was a mistake on the score sheet as, as we subsequently found out. But um, everybody thought the game was tied according to the score sheet. And the uh, were had possession of the ball at said 28 seconds ago. And they were playing the ball around to get the final shot. And uh, Terry stole the ball and uh, went to full court and laid it up uh, to put us two points up as we believed. But uh, time was up, and then when they corrected the score on the time on, on the score sheets, uh, we subsequently won by, by a point. Right. First, that that was a real. Uh, a, uh, obviously, a fantastic cup final, fantastic weekend for as you say for Neptune Stadium and, and for Cork basketball. Yeah, and obviously the rivalry between Demons and those sounds like uh, there was nothing
2: yeah. like it really. Yeah, so, I'm, we're, we're going to get to that later, Tom. The, the great rivalry yeah. between uh, Demons and Neptune because I know you you played with two the two clubs and in that year we spoke about 1985. Of course, Neptune did. Uh, did the double as well and the crowds were phenomenal I just want to talk to you uh, about that uh, Tom actually, the parochial hall in uh was the home of Cork basketball of course before Neptune in 1985, talk to us about the atmosphere there and the crowds that you used to go and watch basketball in the parochial hall
4: Yeah, uh, the parochial hall was built uh, in, in the 1950s uh, it, it was the project of uh, there, so and uh, he got the, the parishioners uh, in, in the church, we have gone the area to build a hall, so it was built on a voluntary basis, and uh, it was used for many things. Basketball being one of them, and uh, we, that that was the home of basketball. The teams used it, all the club clubs used it, the county board used it for all the for all the, for all the local games. And uh, when the game was out of height, even before Neptune Stadium was built, I can remember uh, crowds. Going down Oxford Avenue, nearly down some Valley Drive to get into to see demons and ourselves. You know, it's yeah. just even for even for a local court game or a local league game a local championship game. And uh, and uh, I, Kieran Shannon, I suppose we referred to it in in uh, his book. Uh, yes. I, I mean that's where the title came hanging from the rafters. You know, so because. Uh, he when, when he, he was actually next pupil of mine, and I remember he went to see James and was playing sort of in a game, and he just couldn't believe the crowds and uh, and the atmosphere. It was just electric. Brilliant, yeah. Really,
2: yeah. And anyone who wants to read up on uh, that magical era for um, uh, Cork basketball and Irish basketball, indeed, Tom has just alluded to there. Uh, Karen Shannon, who's uh, sports columnist for the Irish Examiner, a fantastically researched book hanging from the rafters. And uh, if you want to know more about that era in basketball, I'd uh, advise to try and get your hands on that book. Fantastic stuff, indeed. Right. Um, Timmy, um, when when did the Americans come into uh, Cork basketball? What can you remember about the first Americans uh, arriving to Cork?
3: So Killani brought Americans in in the 79-80 season, and uh, they were the only team at that, that year uh, with Americans. So they went undefeated in the league, and uh, we were second. So we, we lost two games that year in the entire league, which were to Kehlani because they had two Americans. So we then said we had to get Americans, and the first two we brought in was Wayne Williams, who was nicknamed the Rat um, mm. from Pittsburgh, and Dave Beckham, who was, was remained not to live uh, in, in Cork. But uh, Wayne was an incredible player. So Tom was playing with at the time, actually. Um, and in the in the the first year of the two Americans, so with, with Williams and Beckham, uh, we won actually every title. We won the league. We won. It was it was called the cup, but it was the, it was the top four uh, teams. But they was called it the cup back then. Before they had a knockout cup in '85, and we won the leagues. And I remember we played Solent and Southampton, who were one of the top British teams in the British and Irish Federation Cup. Uh, and a nail-biter in, in the Hall and uh, in, in Southampton. So they were all first two Americans. And, they, I mean, I have to say there was phenomenal Americans coming over the years. But Wayne Williams only stayed one year Trevor. But he mm. definitely was somebody who, if he had stayed longer, would have, would have endeared himself more to the Irish people because he was an incredible player. And I'm sure Tom would agree with that.
4: Oh, I certainly, certainly would, Timmy. Uh, I remember, yeah, as you say, Wayne, Durant, Williams, and Dave Beckham. They were the, two, uh, the first two Americans that, that, that we played with. Uh, Timmy, as, could, uh, as Timmy alluded to there, were on the same team. Well, I played with teams that time. And uh, to Paddy O'Connor, I suppose um, we would have got the Americans coming to the um, country first. Uh, I think he brought in Greg Hughley and Conor Bedford. They were probably the, the first two that came in. And uh, Bedford was replaced by a guy called Brian Ulmer. The following year, they brought in Arnold Visi and Tony Andre and we brought in Wayne Williams and Dave Peckin. Uh It was the only way really to compete, uh, as Timmy said, they were against him because we, we were running up to them the previous year. So the only way to compete was to bring in Americans themselves. And that was the start of it. And uh, in that year, 80-81, uh, we had this very successful year. I think we won six competitions uh, in the whole year, Timmy.
2: Yeah, that was brilliant.
4: We, we did
3: actually, Tom, and I think what was amazing, we were undefeated for You know, and we played it, I think what's interesting, you know, when you look at a modern game as against the time we played, we played international tournaments. So there'd be big international tournaments all over the country. You know, there'd be the Roy Curtis in Dublin, which was the biggest one, obviously. But there'd be the Killarney International, there'd be the Three International, there'd be the um, Marion International, obviously the Corkhead International Tournament. So, we would have played back then with two Americans against international teams, and you know the year uh, 80 81 that we were national league champions and cup champions. Uh, we we won another uh, range of, of tournaments, so we were undefeated, Trevor, in that season,
4: yeah.
3: uh, which was something that was actually exceptional. I know Neptune did it years on uh, afterwards, but in, in that year. Uh, we won uh, the, the league and Cup and all trophies
2: in an undefeated yeah. season. With well,
3: yeah, Thomas I, Captain, by the way. Thomas Captain of that
2: team. Yeah, we'll get to that later. The the um, <laughs> Demons winning eight Irish national titles, seven cups, and of course, Neptune for the record, 11 uh, national titles and five national cups. But I, I was laughing there to myself when you were talking about David Beckham. I don't spell kind of different. So we yeah. did David Beckham and Cork before Beckham arrived in the, in the football world. Fabulous. But there was great names, great American names there. I remember my first interview with multi-channel TV, Cork multi-channel TV. Those For those who who or uh, any young fellas listening in today, that was a, a local television company who set up in 1985, actually, for the Cork 800 when they filmed the, the Patrick's Day Parade. But my first interview was with Tom Wilkinson and Terry Strickland up in, up in Neptune. Um, and I'll never forget that interview. But great names like Strickland and Jasper McElroy, of course, Bob Stevens, Lenny Macmillan, great American names. Um, what type of money were they on? Uh, obviously, they didn't come to Cork for the good of the hell, Timmy.
3: No, they didn't, they didn't come for the good of help. But there's two mm-hmm. things that was very interesting about that era. First of all, they came to Cork because Cork teams were the highest payers. So Demons and Neptune were the highest payers. There's no question against every other team in the country. We pay them the most money. We also, you know, other te- and, and, and in addition to other teams, we would have put them up in, in apartments. We'd have called them flats in Cork at that point. And then we've got a bit more partial in no Trevor and Cork, so we call them apartments. But back in the yeah. 80s, they were flats. Or we might get them a house where they would share. And I would say that the, the the top players, so the demons players, and the Neptune players, were—and this is pounds, obviously—were probably earning you know between three and four hundred pounds a week, and then they paid for nothing because that was good they're, money, they're, they're, wasn't they're, it back, back then? a uh, huge money. I mean, it was huge money, and then they'd get bonuses. Mm-hmm. So you'd have you know the club would put in bonus structures. You know, I mean, obviously Neptune had uh, Jackie Stone, who was a big sponsor and a big supporter. And in fairness to the guy, for many years for Neptune, and you know we would have had you know, big sponsors in Britvic and Dawn Milk. So. There was bonus to put in if we win titles. And as you said, you know, Neptune won 11, we've won um, eight, you know. So, like, between us, there's a lot of titles. But one of the factors was, Trevor, we paid the most money. There's no question. And by paying the most money, we got the best Americans. That's the reality of of, of Irish basketball. You know, Neptune and Demons had the best Americans, Mm. and the the mine subsequently had, had. had had had, really had Americans, but
2: we had the two. We had the best Americans for many yeah. years. Yeah, Tom. Um, yeah. Timmy was talking about there that the, the money in the game. Of course, sponsorship was huge in in terms of paying the Americans, and the sponsorship with basketball uh, was was very important. I mean, some some people remember, I suppose, basketball teams by the sponsors like Burgerland and uh, Don Milk, and for example, and Britvic.
4: Yeah, that's correct, uh, Trevor. Uh, I mean, I suppose we were looking in Cork, and we had fantastic sponsors. Uh, Jimmy mentioned there, uh, obviously, Jackie Solomon with Burgland. He, he was a fantastic sponsor for us, you know. And uh, Demons then were uh, terrific. As, um, um a demand later on, were called Team Harp. So the Cork teams had great sponsorship, which was, which was able to finance the best Americans to come in. And the problem was later on was that the Dublin teams wouldn't have had the same type of sponsorship as the Cork teams. And then uh, we say towards the end of the 80s, then it's, uh, it wasn't viable maybe for the Dublin teams to carry on uh, paying two Americans. So, uh, it, you know, the, it was, the vote was taken to uh, reduce from two foreigners to one foreigner, which... Obviously, like, was um, the start of the mm. downfall of the game, really.
2: Yeah, and a lot a lot of players, Tom, that came from America actually stayed in Ireland. There's a lot of them stayed in Cork and stayed in Ireland, haven't
4: they? Oh, yeah. I mean, Ken Black, who coached us, is settled in Dublin. He has nine kids, married to a Dublin girl. Lenny Macmillan is still in Dublin. Gerald Kennedy is still in Dublin. And... Um, they saw the, Ed Randolph, who's the, who's the father of the Irish uh, goalkeeper. Um, he's, he's still in Dublin. So, there, yeah, a n- mm. number of Americans uh, were you know, well treated here, and they loved it here. And uh, they were, and, uh, so they settled down. And, uh, and as I said, some of them married and they families. You, um, so there's quite a number of Americans mm. still here yeah. from that area. Yeah, happen, you know?
2: Tim. Uh, a double, a double-barrel question for you here, Tim. Talk to us about the TV coverage back then. Obviously, the Americans would have attracted uh, that the standard would have risen, obviously, and that attracted TV uh, coverage and sponsors alike. Uh, so, just uh, just talk to us uh, about the, the the TV coverage, I suppose, first of all.
3: Well, the first thing about about the sponsors was that basketball was the first sport in Ireland to have a sponsor's name on a jersey. Mm. We take it for granted now, and we see Chell on the Cox the GA jersey and. You know, we see Cork City with, with, with sponsors, you know, over the years. Guinness and other sponsors yeah. over the years. But basketball actually was the first sport to do that. The first big TV event um, was ourselves in Neptune played actually in the RDS, if you remember that, Tom, right? You were just in right. Neptune. Yeah. And um, McElroy had come in to us as Steve Isaacs. And uh, he had Dale Roberts. Uh, not Dale Roberts. He had um, Terry Strickland and... Um, Ray Smith? The, no, it was it was an American that you had that was sent back. Actually, he went back actually to play in the NBA. But a big tall was six ten guy. And what happened to ever was the F, um, Federation Cup was on the tennis. McEnroe um, and Fleming were playing against Sorens, Sean Sean and others in Dublin. So mm-hmm. RT decided that well look you know this game is getting a bit of a uh, activity. There's Americans in, so they filmed the game. So there was loads of expands when it from Cork. The RDS was packed, and um, that was a force. But then in '85, RT de- decided they would film the, the, the cup weekend, but they filmed it in a recorded fashion. So the, the sad thing for, for us in Demons was three weeks after we played the um, cup final that Neptune won, we played him in the league decided on the Profield Hall. And ironically, Strickland got a tip in again at the buzzer to beat us by a point to actually win the league. And mm. um, so that was on the Friday night. And on the Saturday, RT Sport showed a highlight for the cup from three weeks old. So that was a really bad weekend for us. Uh, on all sides of the uh, of the rivalry, obviously the opposite of Tom, and then the following year in '86 they said they would show it live. So from then, from '86 on, then for a number of years basketball was showing live. And what was interesting was they showed um, the two semi-finals in men's and women, and they showed the under um, 19 cup finals as well. You know, so they showed the, about eight games were on then Trevor every January yeah. from 1986 onwards. And the thing what happened in basketball was. Because of television, the cup became more popular, but the league always decided who was the best team. I mean, the reality mm. was the best yeah. teams won the league.
2: Definitely, um, yeah. but
3: that's that's what happened, and it went on then for many years. And then RT got into some difficulty. And, you know, they, 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 well, the, the game had changed, as Tom said, you know, there was only one American. So the game had changed a bit then yeah. in, in, over over Qu- in, in the 90s, and yeah. then they've stopped quick broke, question
2: Quick question for the two of you, because just your own thoughts on this. Yeah. Was there any ever envy, we'd say, the Americans, were, were, obviously they were professionals and the local players were amateurs, but because of the big crowds, the sponsorship money and so on, was there any ever envy that, you know, you weren't getting paid, the amateurs, we'd say?
4: Not really, Trevor. I, I mean, we we were... I was happy to be playing with, with these Americans, and uh, we were playing the game we loved, and uh, we, we, we were quite aware that uh, the money, that there wasn't enough money there to pay everyone, you know? so um, you know, we were happy enough to, to, to be pure amateurs.
2: Yeah, what about you, and, and
3: for And for me, Trevor, I was just happy that, you know, that in, in my um, era in basketball, I was fortunate to play with phenomenal Americans. Yeah. Uh, so, no, i never had an issue. I mean, the clubs were very good to us. I think Neptune was similar to us in that all our expenses were paid and, yeah. you know, we would get podiums for when we were away overnight yeah. and stuff. So, you know, the clubs were very good to us at, at that point. And we had sponsors. We had added sponsors and we, Reebok sponsors. So, we, you know, everything we had, I think the first period... Uh, runners I had to buy was when I retired and, and <laughs> I didn't realise what it was like to go and buy a pair of Runners because for all <laughs> <Yeah>. the years <laughs> previously we had been sponsored so no not from us I, yeah. I, I, I no, think and, a great just,
4: just on that point Trevor I mean I, as Tim said there the, our expenses were looked after and we got a per of games whereas the Dublin players were kind of paying out of their own pocket the Irish players you know so right. Um, so we were happy enough that uh, our expenses obviously were yeah. we
2: looked after. Yeah, and there were, there were great um, local players as well, really talented players who, who got onto the Irish team, like yourselves, Timmy McCarthy, Tom Wilkinson. Uh, great local rivalry, we said we get back to. Demons, of course, stopped uh, Neptune from five in a row in 1989. In fact, it would have been seven in a row for Neptune, only for that 89 win for, for Demons. Uh, so just talk to us, Tim, about that, uh, Demon stopping Neptune and, and the local rivalry and, and the great uh, local names that that play uh, the sport?
3: So, I think, you know, first of all, in 89 when we won it, we, we weren't even conscious of Neptune, um winning, you know, five, going for five in a row at that point. Then. I think what was interesting in Neptune's golden era in my time in the 80s, right? So, they won in 83, I think 85, 86, 87, 88. We were second mm. um, in, I think, four of the, five, of the other five. So, what tended to happen, Trevor, was that, you know, I mean, like there was one year we both tied, but the league was decided because We'd beaten them by two, and they'd beaten us by three. So that, that was, you know, there was different rules at that point. In time. So we weren't conscious of them stopping at five and zero. We always felt that at the end of the year, you know, it was us or Neptune were going to win the titles. The great players from, from a demon's point of view, you know, when I look back at, at my teammates, I mean, Mona McCarthy was a phenomenal point guard. He, I mean, he really was exceptional point guard. And mm-hmm. Somebody who, you know, at times. You know, didn't get the credit. He never actually played for Ireland, which I think was a tragedy because he, you know, he didn't score enough, I suppose, but he was a great point guard. Mm. John Cooney played for Ireland, an incredible shooter, you know, another really talented point guard uh, in the team. In my younger years, Shawnee Murphy and Andy Hulan were, were the sort of was when I came on the team in the first year. And then Jerry Wheeler also played for Ireland, very solid, very, you know, very, you know, very consistent, just very solid. And, and, and so they were kind of the, the key players, you know. For for me, then in, in the latter part, in our last year, we had people like Paul Fitzgerald, Kiernan O'Sullivan, Mark Scannell, and Francis Dunn had joined us for the 89 victory. So, you know, so there's kind of three areas. The Shawnee Murphy, Andrew Hoolan at the start of my career. Um, the, the Mono, John Cooney, and Jerry Wheeler. Uh, and obviously, Tom was a teammate of mine and you know, one of the best teammates of mine. And a roommate of mine for many years when he yeah. stayed with us. That was the middle era. And then the last era was yeah. um, the four guys I mentioned.
2: I was going to uh, say that to Tom. Actually, what was that yeah. like, Tom? You were you were successful with demons playing with the likes of Timmy McCarthy. Then you went went to Neptune. What was that like? The rivalry was there a bit of needle between any uh, players uh, that, from your former team, we'd say, for example.
4: Not from the players, maybe more from administrators. You know, so <laughs> uh, I, I think in fairness. Uh, the players would have respected each other in that area. Right, all. Right through the eighties, but uh, if there was any animosity, it probably maybe was the the guys in the background, the committee members, you know. But in fairness the players, uh, you know, there was great rivalry. I, I don't think we have there was ever a physical in any of the matches, even between team versus right through the
0: because yeah. it was physical
2: back then. At the time, there was a lot of physicality about.
4: There so, well, you That's definitely uh, yeah. Well, I I mean you, you had to defend. If you didn't defend, you know, you you were going to be beaten. I mean, defense was a big big because. Uh, teams were so close and so evenly matched, you know, and maybe came down to playing that extra bit a bit tougher on defence. But uh, you know, Timmy Timmy there there was great, great amount of uh, talent from from the Irish point of view. Timmy mentioned all the players there were demons and uh when I when I left demons uh, to to go to Neptune, Neptune had just been promoted, we said from the division below and uh, you had the likes of Pat Lucy Jim Nugent there, who had been stalwarts for another couple of years after that. And, but there was an up-and-coming bunch in the likes of Thomas Sullivan and Paul Kelly and um, Brendan Flaherty, Joe Healy. And they were all kind of minors at the time. Yeah. And, uh, but, but they were, they were, the, they were the, the next generation, if you like. I mean, yeah. um, In 82, we'd say when they came on the team, I would have probably been what, the, the eldest uh, Irish player. There was about a nine-year gap between me and them. I think Jim was, Jim was about 18 months younger than me, and he always lets me know that. Um, so, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, Tom O'Sullivan and Paul Kelly and Brandon uh, Clark, Joe Ely, they, they probably came into the prime then in the mid-80s, you know, so... Yeah. and with, um, so and uh, yeah, so yeah. Uh, the talent there was unbelievable. Yeah. And, and, and as Jim alluded to, uh, uh, Jim alluded to earlier, uh, uh, everybody kind of lived close to each other. Everybody yeah. was from that area. You know, offshoots of the Cathedral Road. You know, somebody drives down the or down on Blarney Street off, off some as well. And. Um, the, the rivalry, I'd say. It, it, I mean, households were divided. I mean, yeah. my, my own wife Kay, my own wife Kate comes to the demons side, you know. So um, you <laughs> she know, was always
3: top of demons, but I know. So one of you loved about Kay, was she's never she never lost her roots. She stayed loyal to us in the end, despite your transfer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just want to get your thoughts as well, lads. On I, I just. Reminding myself there when I was talking about the physicality um, we all know the, the great battles with Balaná and they had great players like Liam McHale is obviously a, was a standout player played for Ireland as well what a great sportsman he was Gaelic football as well but uh, I remember just to correct me if I'm wrong lads I, I think uh, might have been the early 90s or maybe late 80s with Balaná came to Neptune I, I could have played against Neptune there was a fight broke out I think one of the local lads uh, dads might have got a, a belt I'm not sure accidentally or what but there was a big punch up do you remember that in Neptune lads?
4: That's a, yeah, yeah. That was it, um, towards it, towards I'm the end of that game. I'm telling my memory of it. Yeah, I think towards the end towards the end of the league game between Balanana and ourselves, that would have been around um uh, 1991. Um There was third, I suppose. Ballina and ourselves were, tying, well, were kind of competing for the league and for the cup. And I think we exchanged um, cups. I mean, we, we won the double in 1990. Uh, yeah. And Ballina won the cup the following year. But in one of those games, was the end of, I think we were winning. And they, um, it was a sideline ball. And uh, I think, I'm sure, Liam McHale himself came in and kind of took out Paul Kelly. You know, so yeah. that, that, was, that was, and Sam Graham was famous at the time. Uh, that would have been the 91 season, yeah, I think the 91 season. So it was a big, probably big sister Cups, you know. That was the only time, really, that uh, yeah. things got out of hand. As I said earlier, like, yeah. with, with regards to rivalry between teams and ourselves, I don't believe uh, it never got out of hand, really, you know. That's, uh, it never came to a 50 Cups.
3: Mm. I think for me, Trevor, my memory of that, because obviously I was retired at that point in time, was that. Uh, say it was packed and and it was actually you know it was a big game, as Tom described, but I remember Bishop John Buckley, who was a big fan of mm. basketball and a great sports fan you know uh, down through the years, but he was sitting in the in the um, in the stadium and in the seats, and you know the fight broke just in front of him, and it just spilled onto the in, into the bleachers as we would call them and you know, we we used to have a great sort of joke and Blue Demon's out It was like, you know, Neptune was struggling so bad day they, they, they nearly hit the bishop, you know, to try and win <laughs> the game, you know. But yeah. um, it, but Tom is right. Between Neptune and Demon, there was never... There, there was a lot of physical um, interaction on the court. Mm. There was, you know, both sides mm. wanted to win desperately and both sides put it up to each other as best they could. But there was never any... You know and he's fifty cups and that you know I mean the reason that we were so disappointed to lose Tom because of his talent is, uh, his talent as a basketball player, and you know I mean Tom is right, none of the players ever held it against him. He transferred in the best luck to him, but other people administrators and and, and fans you know will have different views, but mm-hmm. we never we just you know we just felt we lost you know a great player and we lost yeah. a great teammate.
2: Yeah, you, you got your rewards as well by uh, you know being selected for the Irish team, lads, with uh, your great performance for your club, obviously, and that must have been a great experience. I think both of you um, represented Ireland over a hundred times.
0: Yeah,
4: between be, between representative games and capped uh, international games, yeah, it would, it would have been that number. Um, I think Danny Fulton um, capped Timmy and myself for the football and. Um, for our first caps is that right Timmy T- Danny brought you on and he he gave me my first cap he did um,
3: that's right in, Danny
4: thought yeah, was very, not, yeah. very good I, I yeah I, I kind of came on the Irish team in 1976 and um, Timmy is a bit younger than me so uh, it's about five years Tom a lot younger me. let's be clear out for people <laughs> listening a lot younger
3: like, you know, I think the, about five I'm years not a, uh, I'm not the nine year gap that Sully has but I'm in between that you know
4: yeah, I think it's about five years between us, Timmy. But uh, so when, don't when be telling Timmy, that on the
3: radio, time. Right? Just a lot younger sounded nicer, you know. <laughs>
4: yeah, but um, no. So yeah, so I, for my own, for myself, I suppose was, uh, I played with the Irish team from uh, 1976 to '88, and uh, I've played with Timmy uh, during that spell, and uh, as Timmy. Mentioned earlier, we would have room together, uh, you know. So uh, on our trips away, our trips uh, we played, um, we we played um, a pre-Olympic tournament. I think in France in 1984, we roomed together. We played the likes of Russia and so on. And they had a big guy, called seven foot two, Sabonis, you know, who was mm-hmm. uh, a monstrous player. And they actually wouldn't, they wouldn't print the um, the result on on one of the uh, the, the sports magazines because it said it was a family magazine that we, we got such a bad beating, but, um, and we would have been on trips together then as well to the um, to the States. There was an Irish American foundation set up where the Irish team would travel to, uh, to, to the States and play against different colleges up and down the East Coast mainly in the 80s uh, to generate money and so on, and uh, Timmy and myself would have uh, obviously shared um, rooms and houses there together. Mm. And Trevor, for me, the first time that I actually
3: that I, I joined Tom and the Irish team was for the European Championships in Jersey. And uh, we went to Scotland first for a tournament, and then we went to Jersey. And Tom, your mom, your mom got rest of the soul, got ill, and you had to go back. You had to go back. So and so we were, we were roommates, but then Tom had to leave. And that was my first time, actually. So in Scotland, I, you know, I was a, a teammate of his, and then in Jersey, but Tom didn't finish out. And then, as Tom says, we went to the States many times afterwards. And, and what was interesting was that you know, when you got to the Irish team, Trevor, the local rivalry became irrelevant. You know, that, you're now on the Irish team, and you mm. play for all, and then you just get on with it. And we also played for Cork together. I mean, at that time there was Cork teams, so you know, I I say with Tom in, in, in the Munster championships for Cork and stuff. So it was just a different era. But the, the great thing about being picked for your for your country, I mean, you know, Tom myself have been fortunate that first of all we were picked by Danny Fulton. and then Danny made board was captain. You know, so mm. uh, like to captain your country. And be from the, from in my case Cathedral Road and and Tom's um Offsburg Road, you know the north side of Cork City is just an amazing really? achievement from two mm-hmm. Norries, like who you know from a walking <laughs> class background was brilliant, you know.
2: Yeah, and I know that you both went on to win titles as coaches later as well. Uh, Timmy with Tralee in 96 and Tom at Neptune 97. We could talk for hours, but just getting to the end, another few questions before we wrap it up, guys. Um, I know, Tom, as well, you'll be, you'll be inducted into the Hall of Fame later this year, which is going to be a great achievement for you. That should have happened uh, pre-COVID-19. It should have been, it happened later in the year, Tom, is it?
4: Yeah, it was due to be held in April, but uh, with, with the lockdown, obviously, everything was cancelled and then there was Different dates mentioned, but the, the latest date now it's due to happen in the 19th of September. So we we just have to wait and see uh, what happens between now and then. You know, yeah, so, that'll, be yeah. if,
2: that'll be a proud day. That'll be a
4: proud day for you, Tom. Oh yeah, obviously I'm, I'm honoured, and obviously, and uh, I, I would like to take this opportunity maybe to thank Dennis Wallace and Neptune and Neptune Club you know, for nominating me for 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 this great honour. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it yeah good stuff congrats Tom I think it's a great I think it's a well deserved honour and I think that's thanks Tim for you and your
3: family so Tim, congrats Tim, Tim
4: you, you, you'll you be there five years time after me
3: oh <laughs> 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 so listen what, so I look forward to your nomination so Trevor I can come back on the radio and say oh, I want to <laughs> thank Tom Wilkinson for nominating me for the Hall of Fame in the future <laughs> you know?
2: we'll do that we'll hold you to that and we'll talk about how the game has changed very shortly but I just want to ask Tim here uh, Tim we spoke about the Americans when they come over in, in the 80s 90s some great names some great players who Give us uh, great memories, magic times, really, in basketball and Cork and, and Irish basketball. What's the biggest difference, Tim, now with, with the Americans that you played with and against compared to the Americans that are playing the game now?
3: Well, the Americans we played with, you know, were better. I mean, it, 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 it's as simple as that. There's no ifs or buts. There were better basketball players. And the reason was is that, you know, American players come out of college and they have, they have a number of professional options. The NBA, obviously, is the most desired professional option. And then they go around the world. But in the 80s, the Soviet Union was excluded from them. China was excluded from them. Eastern Europe was excluded from them. So they either went to the NBA, they went to the big leagues like Greece or the the Western European uh, leagues, or they came to Ireland. Where right now what happens is because the Eastern European countries have opened, the Soviet Union, uh, well, Russia, as it's called now today, is open, and China... When if they don't make the NBA, the better players go to those countries now because there's bigger money, Trevor. Hmm. So it means that the players that Ireland are getting today are at the bottom end of the, the availability where the players we got at, um, were at the top end. The guy I couldn't remember Tom, from the game in the RDS was Dino Gregory. Um, oh, that's, you know, yeah, I mean, Dino Gregory was, was drafted and went back to play with the NBA. Uh, you know, most of the guys that we that came to Ireland, Trevor, were drafted by NBA teams and didn't make the final cut. So you know, where today. There's very few players coming uh, to Ireland as Americans who were drafted. That's yeah. the big difference. Yeah.
2: How much has the um, game changed, do you think, Tom, um, from when you were playing? Obviously, you still watch a bit of basketball. There's no demons now in the Super League, which is disappointing. But how much has the game changed overall, do you think, Tom?
4: Oh man, It's changed immensely. I mean, I, I, it's been very, very hard, I'd say, to get back to the heights of the as Timmy mentioned there, I mean, the, the Americans in those days were, you know, they, they were very close to making the NBA, you know. I mean, uh, if, if we, Timmy mentioned Dino Gregory. I, I, I think we were in the States for our trip with the Irish team in November, and I came back and Dino was gone, you know. So... Um, but if you the likes of Mario Eli, who played with Calester one year, there they beat us in the cup final that year. Uh, he went back to the states and ended up winning uh, numerous NBA titles with the Houston Rockets. So the, the the standard and the quality of Americans in the 80s, you know, are as far away as what's playing now, you know. Yeah. So um, you know for. But for, for, uh, it really needs a major probably investment to get that standard of American then and get okay. the game back up to where it was.
2: Yeah. Know, so, w- where is basketball at, at the moment, Tim, in this country? Uh, what are the crowds like and what's the state of Irish basketball at the moment, do you think?
3: Okay, so the, the crowds are much smaller. I mean, Trevor, you know, I, I can remember we'd be playing Neptune and. You know, my family would queue up three hours before the game. They'd mm-hmm. have soup and sandwiches to get seats in the Prokian Hall yeah. or in Neptune Stadium. I mean, you know, we played Neptune in the semi-final, a cup one year, and '89 um, actually. And they, you know, I was coming into, the, into the, walking down my St Mary's Road, and there was crowds like, and half the crowd were cheering us, and half the crowds were obviously heckling us. And but I got to the door, and I, you know, eventually got into the arena, and it was packed inside, and there was people jammed outside who probably eventually got in. That doesn't happen anymore. You know, you mm. probably have crowds. You know, I, I watch it on, on YouTube. Trillis is the exception. Trillis still has big crowds. But everywhere else I see, I see Neptune play games, a couple hundred people. Probably like it was, Tom, when we played pre Americans, that type of small number of people. Demons, three or four hundred people when they were in the, in the Super League. So that's different. Um, the Irish team went out of, of international competitions, you know, a number of years ago because of financial issues. Mm. So the, the chance of people to play for Ireland no one is now only starting to, to, to recover. So that's a good development. Look, the reality, Trevor, is players today are fitter, are more athletic than they were. As we say in, in, in the 80s and Tom and my time, right? Mm. That's because you know their training structure is different, their diets are different, their nutrition is different, their yeah. access to sports science is different. But there are players who played in the 80s who could play in any era. Mm. And there are players of today who could play in any era. And I think that's the way, you know, it is. But as a game, you know, in schools level, it's phenomenal. Uh, At National League level, Cork is struggling. You know, demons went through a great run for a number of years and now we're out of the league, sadly. Mm. left isn't, you know, um, sort of not achieving at the moment the heights of the past. But the game will continue to to be there. But as Tom said, you know, to to recoup what happened in the 80s, in my view, is not achievable. Trevor, that was a moment in time. That was a 10-year moment of just exceptional social, um, economic, um, and professional opportunity circumstances for players. And I just think Tom and myself were very fortunate that that was the peak for our career right through it, even though he is a lot older than
2: I am. So just, 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 just <laughs> when we were kings. Uh, uh, it's great sharing your memories, lads. I just want to, before you finish as well, it would be right to mention the women's game because the women in Cork were very strong as well uh, down the years, uh, in year time and presently. And, you know, we've coaches like Mark Scannell done a great job uh, consistently, Tom, as well. So it's worth mentioning how our coaches have done and, and the women's game is very strong in Cork.
4: Yeah, yeah, you, know, you have Glanmire for the matches there. Um, Mark Scannell, I think, has been very successful there with Glanmire over the last number of years. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, if you go, even go back to the 90s there, where Blarney had a very strong name team. I think Blarney won the double as well in the They won the yes. lead and cup, you know, with, with the likes of uh, Sandy, Sandy Fitzgibbon and uh, Caroline Ford. You know? Yes. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's probably the Cork teams are probably more successful in the in the, the women's side of it than the men's side of it in, in recent times, you know. As Jenny said, the team are not in the in the national league this year. Uh Neptune are uh, but I think the, it's been dominated by the Dublin teams. I suppose if you look at the makeup of the, the, the league at the moment, there's, there's there's twelve teams, one from Belfast, there's six from Dublin, two from Galway, two from Kerry and one from Cork. And uh, I believe the um, Basketball Ireland have announced uh, recently that the, um, they're going to go back to the um, North Soul Conference, you know, just to, uh, you know, to get things back on track again a bit. Because uh, teams are struggling financially, and uh, so, and, and that's, the big, that's the big crux, really, you know, to finance. To get to, if you want to get the game back up to where it was, as I said, you know, it, it needs a major, major, major investment.
2: Yeah, definitely. And-, and just,
3: Trevor, for me, under, under, under women's... I mean, Brunel, obviously, another club. Yeah. I mean, women's
0: yeah.
3: f- basketball has always been successful. I mean, Mark C- Scannell has done an amazing job yeah. with, with this club and with the country for many years as a coach of uh, top-performing teams. But, the, you know, as Tom said, Blarney, the Ford sisters, and, and Sandy Fitz and people like that. I mean, so we've been blessed, you know, uh, Trevor, in, in an era of, 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 of I suppose when we were kings, as you describe in basketball, mm. Neptune and Demons were, were the kingpins at that point in time. Uh, women's basketball has always been successful in, in Cork and, and
4: more successful.
3: I just think we, I think as a as a Corkman, we're spoiled for success in all sports. In 1990, every Cork team, you know, yes. holding football, basketball, were national. Doubles, yeah. We, we take that for granted as Cork people. Today, you know, I live outside Cork now. It's only when you're outside Cork, you look back and realize, oh my God, we have so much success. And I think what we have to make sure is that we crave it when we have it. Because when we get a little bit of a, a hiatus, you know, we, we, we struggle with that hiatus. So, mm. you know, basketball has been great to all of us. And I just think that, you know, it's been um, the women have been equally successful in their own right as the men's teams have.
2: Right. And I just want to ask uh, one of you one more, Tim. um <laughs> Obviously, you, 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 you come to prominence as well with your kind of unique commentary style. Um, I'm talking about with RT and the Olympic Games. Obviously, Olympics, unfortunately, cancelled this year. We hope they'll go ahead in 2021. But, um, you know, you really bring the games to life, Tom. Listen to your commentaries, uh, your own kind of personal phrases, really.
1: And you're- When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. Learn more at Invesco.com dot com slash qqq. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors Inc.
2: Got the nation talking there with uh, your your commentary style. Obviously, uh, you love the buzz of doing that.
3: I, I love it, Trevor. I mean, I was asked one time about you know um, w- why am I so different as a coach because I would be very you know composed, and very structured and. You know, and then anyway, I was an analyst, and I was very, you know, people used to describe me like a Conroe or a Colin very articulate. And then as a commentator, I'm the complete opposite. And my view is simple: my job as a commentator is to entertain and inform. My job as an analyst is to inform, and as obviously as a coach, is to, and as a player, is to win. So I love it, Trevor. I love, I love the fun of it. I think one of the great things is because I know the sport so well. You know, I've played at an international level, I've captained international level, I've coached international level. I understand what the guys are going through on the floor, so as a coach or Mm. as a captain or as a player. And that gives me an edge, I believe, because in many ways, you know, if you look at an Irish sport, and our team in particular, um, but play the sports that they're commentating on at the highest level. I'd be very lucky that, you know, I played at the highest level. But I love Mm. it. I just loved it. I loved the fun. And I, you know, I, I remember Jimmy McGee, God rest his soul, asked me at the start, who did I want to be like when I started doing the Olympics? And I said, just like myself, Jimmy. And he said, never lose that. Just be yourself and you'll be fine. So, I've had four Olympics behind me, Trevor. As you said, I was to go to Japan um, uh, for this Olympics. But next year, please, God, we'll be live, well, and looking forward to uh, going downtown in, J- in Japan next year.
2: <laughs> downtown. You'll be listening to him, Tom, will you? <laughs>
4: I'll be listening to What's his phrase? Shagalaka. What's, uh, what's that phrase? Boom shagalaka.
2: Uh, just the last one with you then Tom if I was to ask you just to finish it up and wrap it up it's been a great conversation with you guys Um, what do you miss most about the game uh, Tom Uh, well the buzz
4: the razzmatazz the you know the the the, the noise the atmosphere the um, you know when demons and ourselves were playing in in the netrun stadium I mean the atmosphere in the netrun stadium I don't think you could beat that atmosphere you know I they never uh, uh, you know we um, say uh, when, when the Cup went to the um, National Arena, you didn't have the same atmosphere created there, you know, as you had the Neptune Stadium, you know, so um, I missed that, the buzz of the Neptune Stadium, a full packed house of the audience and demons and ourselves playing each other and we winning by a point, as usual.
2: <laughs> and Tim, just quickly, what do you miss most about it? I miss winning,
3: I miss playing, I miss my friends, um, I miss the, the crowds and and you know what? Were, like I missed the, the being recognised by people. You know, you were relevant for a period of time. I missed coming home to my parents, God rest their souls, and and sharing the emotions of a success mm. or defeat. And you know, and I miss, I, I miss playing Trevor. I mean, I retired at twenty nine, and decided to game stage for family reasons. But you can never, you know, replicate things. So mm. you know, uh, I was very fortunate as Tom was in that we enjoyed huge success with our clubs and individually. And I miss that. I think as you get older, you look back and realize they were great times. What I didn't realize at the time, Trevor, they would end. You know, I'd never thought that the, you know, that basketball would go from being, you know, one of the top, the fourth most written about sport in Ireland in the 80s to now barely getting a mention in the national press. Mm. All of them, the Echo and the Examiner, would do a brilliant job and famous to board them from that point of view. So that's where I miss Trevor. Um, and, you know, I look back at it with great pride. I look forward. Uh, you know to my grandchildren who are now starting to, to learn how to play the games so to watching them and see how they develop and you know they were great times and they were there were a moment in time and Tom myself as two good old buddies were very lucky to be part of that moment in time.
2: Well thanks for sharing with us today mm-hmm. on the score in Corks ninety six of M uh, gentlemen, Timmy McCarthy, Tom Wilkinson, as mm-hmm. Jimmy McGee might say to me, they talk about the grits. They talk <laughs> They talk about the grits. Forty-five minutes of uh, a great Sunday afternoon chatting, to you lads, and um, you know we wish you all the best going forward. And uh, Tom, congratulations again on being inducted into the uh, Hall of Fame. Thank you, guys.
4: Many thanks, Trevor.
1: A pleasure. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary